All right. Where do we even begin? Where do we begin? So, everyone, this is Peter. I've known Peter for quite some time. And the first thing I want to ask you about is the internet marketing world. How? Yeah. Because it's it's a unique <laughs> space. Like it's kind of like you you dig deeper into this world, and it's just you keep going down a rabbit hole. I guess yeah. For you, how did you get into it? Get into the yeah yeah. I got into it like let's see, John. I think it was 2014, 2015. Uh, I just graduated, and uh, I took like a trip like backpacking trip to Thailand and I got like a trap, the travel bug bit me. So I was like, okay, I want a way to make money online and work and travel. And yeah, that's initially how I got into it. That's the first part. Did you get hit with like any ad or something like, or like how, like, no, I, I did. uh, There was like a person I was following. He had a travel blog or something. And after I traveled, he came out with a program and I joined it and it was like how to make an online business. Right. So it was, it wasn't an ad, but it was someone I followed probably kind of like how, you know, you had your YouTube channel. Right. right. And then I, and you watch, you consume content and at the end of it, there's a, just a course. So yeah. And then I took that course. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I drained my savings in probably like six months and I had to go get a job again. Oh, shit. Okay. Right, I was at, I was working at the the call center for Lululemon pants for about uh, like for like eight months while I was like building up savings to go try again. All right. So, yeah. So, so as I like was like customer mm-hmm. service with Lululemon, people. Yeah, like, yeah. I, need- I was selling yoga. I was selling yoga pants, doing returns, like, like recommending different uh, different shorts, different pants, different like shirts to people. All the ladies are like, these don't fit or these are too big. They're always really tight, Lululemon. So you get a lot of complaints about that. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a bunch of Karens who are like, they'll have like pants from like four years ago. And they're like, oh, there's one hole in it now. Can I get a return for it? Four years. Yeah, it's four years. And they show pictures of it. And it's like, it's disgusting. And um, anyways. You you (laughs) give them the return? You give them the return or what's... Some of them you you had to because of the company policy. But Mm -hmm. some of them you just don't. Right, because um, Lululemon had like a policy of uh, we always trust our customers, or we won't want to take the higher ground. Right, so like we we'll always we we'll always give the customers the benefit of the doubt, but like sometimes you can't. So, so you go from Lululemon that gives the customers the benefit <laughs> of the doubt to the internet mm-hmm. marketing world where it's kind of the opposite. You know, the no yeah. refund, no refund policy. <laughs> no refund policy all the blames on you right <laughs> yeah, if, you, yeah. if you don't have success it means you didn't try hard enough right all that stuff oh yeah imagine imagine yeah. doing that at lululemon uh the pants ripped it's your fault you know what are you doing no refund bye you know like, yeah well sometimes it's their fault like if you get a right. hole in your pants is from from like running and you're, you're sitting down on like rough edges and stuff you're hiking you're sitting on rocks i don't know I guess that's like the awkward thing of self-improvement courses, right? Because the people are buying into, well, I guess it's different. There's like, I mean, the internet market, it's wide space. There's self-improvement, making money online, all these things. It's yeah. like, okay, <clears throat> did it work because it sucks or, di- or did it not work because it sucks or did it not work because you didn't try? It's a kind of, it's a, it depends, but it's, it's yeah. a good, like, it's an easy Spec- excuse. 
Yeah, especially in the make money online space, right? As, as I'm sure, like, you know, you have your course running for like two, three years. Um, most of the time, it's, it's hard to draw the line of responsibility of the product creator versus the responsibility of the person buying it. Because like, I, I would say like, if you're just getting into the internet marketing world or making money online, like 90% of the battle is just getting basic skills down like discipline right or believing yourself or actually working hard and like 90 percent of it is just turning you into a decent productive human being and like 10 percent might be the actual method you're using that's a good point right. you believe in that no that's what uh, you nine <clears throat> yeah i think like um, depends on the level you're at, right? If let's right. say if, if you're new to um, new to making money online, right? You're just a newbie into it. Like ninety percent of the work is like is gonna be a mindset. Ninety percent of the work right. is going to be um, stuff that doesn't have to do with the business, right? Same with the copywriting. Yeah. I think same with that. Same with like building an Amazon store. I, I I would say it's the same for almost anything online. Because copywriting is hard. You have to like sit down and you have to like really focus. So if you're like awful at focusing like that's going to be like a pretty hard thing to do you know yeah but you have to focus for like what right. what what thing do you have to, can you succeed at without focusing that's a good point i mean a regular job you know <laughs> i guess a job well, is that really money. is that really is that really success though like you're just right. you're just in like a semi-conscious haze yeah. right and yeah you really have to be like to be focused to be conscious if you want to be in control of the income you make but a lot of the people, let's say internet marketers are selling to, they yeah. will like, they don't pitch that. There are some that do. And I think the ones that do it, it's very smart. But then also you kind of need a pitch in a way that it's easy. And if, so, th so I feel like internet marketers, it's kind of a big clash, right? It's you, you're oh, yeah, att attracting a lot of customers that want it really easily. They want, because this is an easier, better way. And then they realize, oh, wait, I do actually have to work. So, which, you know, of course. Yeah, this is, um, but this is like how almost all industries work, right? Let's say, let's say weight loss, for example. How do you, how do you do lose weight, right? Yeah, you yeah. probably eat healthier. You stop eating processed foods. You exercise more, right? All the things are very basic. But then what, what sells? Is that little Bowflex machine that just shakes your belly for you, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's, a, it's got this vibrational technology that stimulates your fat cells, whatever or don't make it sound easy all you have to do is just stand here or just like work out 30 minutes a day that's people humans gravitate towards the path of these resistance right right that's, that's an the, issue yeah it's an issue and then i would say like two percent of the people don't gravitate towards the path of least resistance and i'm talking about like two percent like in the in the world population in general, probably not like 2% of entrepreneurs. Like, cause I think entrepreneurs already understand hard work is necessary, hard or consistent work is necessary, but um, yeah, you're right. It's an issue. Sorry, I'm going on a rant. <laughs> have you, uh, have you ever done a dopamine detox? Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've experimented with it. Like you mean just like no, no phone, no food. No water, not which is water. There is water, but like no technology and stuff, right? I mean, I just did one recently. Right. When I looked it up, it was just practically, yeah, no phone and nothing that's like any sort of stimulating. So, like, if you're going to eat food, boring, like 
no fast food, no like high sugars, high fats, like nothing fried stuff like yeah. that. Um, for me, the food wasn't, too, I mean, I'm vegan. So it's like, I feel like most of the food is not exciting anyway, but, uh, for me, phone is a big thing. Like, obviously, like if I'm going to work, like only focus on a few different tasks, not checking email, social media, stuff like that. Um, I didn't realize how addicted I am to like, even like email and, you know, messaging platforms and stuff like that, even if it feels like it's work, but, uh, after yeah. I did it, was, it was a huge thing. So I feel like for a lot of people, how was it after you did it? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was night and day difference. I'm like, Oh, dang, I have a lot more motivation now. Cause like, it's so yeah. true. Cause like, I think that, I think the issue, like, I feel like people know they need to work hard, but the issue is the people that are like wanting to make money online that are, you know, wanting to join copywriting, selling on Amazon, uh, trading stocks, whatever it may be, right. That they, they know it takes work. Like, I feel like, I mean, yeah, I feel like most of the people who like bought yeah. my courses or stuff like that, they know it takes work, but the, the issue is they start working and they're just like, their whole hormones and dopamine centers. Mm. And I don't know the science behind all this stuff, but it's like okay. so messed up that like, it's just so hard for them to work hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you gotta realize the, the circumstances most people come into the biz op space with, right. It's like, they're probably working a regular job and they're becoming disenchanted with it. Something happens in their life. Maybe it's like a huge financial loss. Maybe they're breaking up. Maybe there's a divorce. Maybe it's something in their life. They're like, shit, I get my shit together. And then they start jumping into these courses. But then in the meantime, they haven't been conscious their entire life. And the default in our society right now, it's what you go to, you, uh, you binge Netflix, right? You eat junk food, you check your phone 24 seven. So you're brain is literally bombarded with dopamine hits for 24 seven and you're just been living that state and that's your baseline state for the for right. your entire life and you can operate like that in a job but as soon as you hit you want to become an entrepreneur or become a freelancer right that baseline is not going to hit because you need you need to maintain levels up here whereas regularly right. you're just used to this so then that jump that's like what you're talking about. They're, they're, they're getting hit with shit. They're like, oh my God, I'm not used yeah. to this, right? This is not for me. Let me find something that's easier. And that's like the basis for like the shiny object syndrome. So, yeah, it's so hard. Like, I feel like it's such a surprise too, because I think it's only as of recently, like there's a lot of studies done like on, you know, phones and social media and like the, all the dopamine hormones. But like, I mean, alcohol is a very easy example. You could tell me, oh yeah, I mean, you're going to feel bad the next day if you drink a bunch of alcohol and you have a hangover. And like, obviously that's going to affect productivity. Obviously that's going to affect depression and affect a bunch of things, but people don't realize like, Oh, all these other dopamine hits on the phone and on, you know, all these other platforms are taking away from other stuff. Like I, I remember somebody told me like in high school, like, you know, all, all what a hangover is, is you're borrowing happiness from tomorrow. And like, that's like, with social media and other distractions, it doesn't have to be social media, it can be a bunch of stuff. You're borrowing your energy and your productivity from anything that's actually meaningful. Like you're doing all these easy things that are just taking away from the meaningful stuff. So that's how I view it now. So now I'm like, yeah. I literally, my phone is like not even in my same like area at all. It's like locked yeah. away and it's like way better. So that's so true. I heard like someone say, like the phones and social media like 20 years later when they look back on it it's going to feel like the cigarettes of yeah of the of the past right because now now we're all like oh my god you guys spoke cigarettes in the in the in public right that's so like this is so unhealthy for you lung cancer and now like our phones because everyone's using it and it's so new we're like oh there's probably no deficit to it but like right. um there's also like recent studies done right 
of uh of like high school kids 12th graders and they're saying like how many people how many people in 1970s dated it was like or didn't date it was like i think it was like 17 percent, 18 percent didn't date then now today 50 percent of like 12th graders don't date or like so and some some effect like social media has turned people anti-social right it's not just about working hard but it's about be, being like an actual uh engaging in things that make us human beings right which only actually make us happy only 15 percent so, don't date like sorry, that seems like a lot of people 50, are dating 50, oh 50 oh 50, five zero five zero Wait, you said have 12 year olds 12, 12 grade 12 seniors oh great i was like people are 12 like oh i feel like, I feel like it's normal I I don't like right. a, that, that's a kind of creepy study that's that's what it was right <laughs> i mean yeah i feel like at the same time there's probably more younger kids like interacting with the other gender quite a bit or you know yeah like, like it's, 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 it's easier like super access it's superficial engagement right like like yeah. real friends versus followers it's a completely different relationship right right it's um yeah i th i think it's like social media it's kind of like the fast food of human connection right right you get you do it it tastes good in the beginning and then it leaves you feeling sluggish leaves you feeling kind of gross whereas the actual healthy food of human connection. It's like, oh, you're, you're there, you're investing into it, you're present in the conversation and you leave feeling fuller. Your soul feels fuller at the end of it. Right. So, the good thing though, yeah. is I, I feel like there's like no withdrawal period. Like I feel like it's a hundred times easier for somebody to like quit social media or quit all the bad habits they have with social media than like drugs mm. and cigarettes. Cause like that has like, I don't know for me, like I literally felt results like, the same day or like one day after like just not being on my phone so i feel like the good thing is like right. you know someone's watching just lock your phone away for yeah. like a day and you'll be fine you know rather well, than like, i gotta play devil's advocate because i feel really? like you okay quit, you quit facebook like three years ago or something no? right right yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah i mean like i got an android phone right because i realized i was using my iphone too much so um yeah. and, and my phone was already on do not disturb so much so I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm hard on myself because I found, okay, I feel like I can be more and more and more productive, you know, so yeah. I've compared myself, you know, to what I think I could do. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, it's, but I still feel like, I mean, someone who's, you know. It was definitely easier to quit than cocaine, so. But yeah, I don't, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I mean, but yeah, yeah. okay. Um, but like, I think I've done it before. And then when I first tried doing the dopamine detox, I did have like withdrawals, it, right? Like I would. Like, you know, you would kind of check, you would, I would instinctively kind of check my pockets, right? Kind of like, like my phone is an extension of me. I'm checking if my limbs there or something, but it's not, it right. feels weird. It's like a phantom limb when it's not there. So yeah, it was, it's pretty bad. I think I got more under control now, but I, I definitely could do better with like having no access to social media and stuff, but yeah. But yeah, so back to the internet marketing world, I think nice. that's why I think a lot of people have issues with like when it, when it is their fault, their responsibility, like they buy a weight loss thing. Like how many people are buying weight loss stuff? Um, also, I do feel like it's a North American thing or, you know, it's probably a UK, Canada, um, US thing that buys weight loss stuff so much. Um, you know, and also yeah. I think it's culture as well, just because it's like, you know, it's pretty easy to eat like crap, but 
yeah, yeah, I think I think all that stuff. Like if someone like buys a make money online course, they, they want to learn something, a skill, copywriting, like they're gonna have such an uphill battle if they're just like smacking themselves in the face with all this other stuff. So yeah, yeah, it is. It's tough. So okay. I want to talk about your ayahuasca situation. Oh, really? <laughs> like a big jump. Nice. <laughs> okay. Um, do you want me to, to, I guess I'll explain to the listeners what ayahuasca is. Uh, I feel first. like people can, they'll find out soon, but okay. Long story short. It's like right, a well, spirit. What specifically, what specifically do you want to know about it? I mean, I guess the, the thought process of, Actually, okay. no, no. Actually, I want to know more—not necessarily the thought process, because everyone has their reasons for it. But like, yeah, yeah. the the effects afterwards, and like, did it like has it actually helped? Like, did it do something productive for you? Uh, yeah. How does it affect your? Because like, a lot of like entrepreneurs do it. It seems like it seems like a lot of business. I mean, everyone does, but it seems like a lot of business people, entrepreneurs, like spiritual people as well. They do it, like you know, and the kind of hopes of getting some type of result out of it. I'm just, you know, curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ayahuasca, I think you were, you're about to explain it. It's a, it's like a spiritual drug. It's a mixture of, um, DMT, which is the molecule that your brain releases when you go, when you have dreams and in your sleep. Right. But that's what DMT this, is. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. DMT is the, is when you sleep and your pineal gland in your brain releases it. That's what makes you have dreams. Right. Huh. Okay. So this, uh, in the ayahuasca concoction, there is a DMT, but it's mixed in a way so that with other plant ingredients, it goes through your digestive system without being dig- uh, digested. So then it actually goes into your intestine and goes through your entire blood system. Right. And that is way- Is that why uh, everyone throws up <laughs> from it? Uh, I, I think it's a different part of the plants, but yeah, everyone throws up from it and throwing up is like part of the cleansing process okay <laughs> so right spiritual cleansing process and a lot of people kind of uh who are new to it they kind of get grossed out by the purging part right but <clears throat> yeah but how i got into it, in terms of results 100 percent. it's the uh, i don't want to say for everyone but for me there, there came a point was like last year i was in portugal right i was in lisbon right and i was like okay i'm in a new country i'm traveling um i'm making pretty pretty decent money and i'm meeting new people having new adventures i'm like dating pretty pretty girls um i'm like i feel like i should be i feel like i should be happy but i was like deeply miserable right i was like in the almost like a depression right i was like why why am I feeling this way? Right. I have all the reasons to be happy. I have all the reasons to be grateful for my life. And yet I'm not right. So what, what's happening here? And I kind of sat down, I was journaling. Maybe need to do a dopamine detox. I, I needed to do it. I should have done that. Maybe that, maybe that was, maybe that was the reason, right? Cause I was off the grid for ayahuasca too. So maybe it was actually just a dopamine <laughs> that got me the results. Imagine the that drug. everyone's taking yeah. this crazy thing in reality. It's like a it side benefit. To, yeah. The side oh. benefit. It just like going off the grid. That's all you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I was having those thoughts and um, I was journaling and then a voice came to me. Right? I, it's woo woo, but a voice came to me and it said, 
uh, hey, Peter, I think it's time we meet. Right. And I knew what that meant. So, cause I was like curious about ayahuasca for like five years before yeah. I never took action on it, but then now the voice came. Okay. So I booked a flight to Peru and went, went there. Um, I won't get into the whole experience, but basically right, right after I felt really, um, felt more energetically aligned. I felt more like, I don't know how to explain it. There was like this big black energy that was inside me before. Right. I always felt like a sunken feeling around this area. And then when I did ayahuasca, I basically purged it out. And it was like, it was a long process, long painful process, the most intense process I've ever had. Um, but yeah, I think like a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, they do it because they get to a point where they've been hustling most of their life. They got a lot of money. They have the cars, they have the, they're living fancy places. And uh, are like looking for something deeper more meaningful right because right. they already had success but for some reason it doesn't hit spiritually so i think that's why a bunch of people kind of go to try they want to feel like connected to something bigger than themselves and after i after i did it i uh i definitely feel connected to something bigger than myself yeah that's good yeah it seems like it's a it's a hit and miss people either have like a really good like experience or like yeah. some people are low. The only other person I know two people, you and another person. I'm not gonna say his name, but he mm. is like lit. I but I feel like he probably had other issues. Like right. he's just straight up, just like can't. Like it feels like he's not even there. Like it feels like it, he's just like damaged. I doubt it's from ayahuasca, but you know, uh, I feel yeah. like the, like when because I, I was watching. Got uh yeah, I was like watching something. I think it was on Netflix, like showing all the bad stuff about ayahuasca. And it was like, it was practically uh, a lot of people that got benefits from it was like, they were already like in a messed up situation, but it's, it, but it is cool. Like see people that are like you just doing it for spiritual wise and, you know, helped and had the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I definitely recommend it only if you feel called towards it. It's not like something you take as a, as like, as like a for fun type of thing. Like, oh, I'm going to try it out to see what it's like. I, I, would, oh, I, yeah. I, was, I would suggest not doing that. I would never do it. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. For me, I, I had a. It was a big jump for me to start drinking caffeine. I was like, oh, this. Is <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, this I is. Uh, I I think you'll go through your life without needing it. Um, you're you're pretty aligned already. Um, you don't need much. Yeah, and yeah, the ayahuasca thing. It's like it's different for everyone for sure. But I think you kind of feel if it's right for you or not. Like right before. The day before the ceremony, right? I met someone in Peru and we were talking. And then she was like, Yeah, actually, like my my uh my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend did ayahuasca. And then like two weeks later, he like he committed suicide. Oh, that's that's and then I hear that story right before the ceremony. I'm like, what the <laughs> I got I got I'm like, okay. Like I got a bit uh scared from that, but sad. Either way, it, it was a great experience for me. I do plan on doing it again in like a year or two years to like, Interesting. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like you're the most, okay, maybe not so much anymore, but you're like one of the most nomadic people I know that like, okay. <laughs> like and it's like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to be a nomad. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to live the nomadic life for like this yeah. year. Like, 
I first met you in Budapest. <laughs> and like, yeah. I mean, you're from Canada. So it's like you were choosing. I, I didn't even know that what the Budapest was. Um, so it's like, <laughs> and that was 2018, right? It was 2018, yeah. Was 2018, 2018, yeah. yeah. That, I never had a passport. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I need to get a passport. <laughs> so I went to hey, you don't, you, US, Americans, you don't get passports if you don't travel outside of U.S.? Oh yeah, most Americans. Like, unless you, you go outside the country, most Americans don't have a passport. Oh what? Yeah. Oh, that's new to me. Okay. Oh no, yeah, I've actually I've told this to like other people, like uh, Eastern European yeah. family, and they're like, "Huh? Like, like, uh, yeah, like, um, what's it called? Uh, my uh, cousin right. just like had a baby, and then they have a passport, and the baby's like, <laughs> you know, three weeks old. So I'm like, that's yeah. weird. I didn't get a passport until I was a. Uh, 19 or 20 or something like that so yeah but um no so like anyway like you're a nomad right and i feel like a lot of people Mm -hmm. they want to be a nomad right but then when they do it it's like because it's i guess it kind of sounds cool right if you like you know you're single you're making money online like you don't need to live anywhere else uh i guess for you because i I think now you're like like kind of in one place at one time what's kind of like like yeah, well, what what it's like? What is it like? What is it like just living everywhere? I mean, yeah, it's uh, I'll go through like the pros, and then I'll go through the the lessons I learned too. Yeah, yeah. it's great because um, if if you want to be a nomad, I think uh, my my motivation was was just to learn more about myself, right? Because growing up until I was like until I was like 21, I was pretty sheltered as an Asian kid. I was, uh, my entire life revolved around going to school, studying, getting good grades. And I basically uh, gave up any type of partying or social thing. Like I would just, I was just focused on tests. I was focusing on, yeah, just getting like a 90 plus grade average so I can get a good job when I came out of it. Um, And then, yeah, and then when I was 21, I was like, oh my God, I was like playing into this narrative my entire life. And I just gave my identity to this narrative and I don't know anything else. And then when I started traveling, my first time backpacking through like Thailand and Southeast Asia and stuff, I was like, oh my God, like I'm learning so much about myself because like when you remove yourself from your regular environment, right? And you do like a solo trip, you start to see the differences between like, okay, uh, these parts of me are from like my social conditioning and from like what I think other people expect, expect of me. And then this part is like what's true to me and what stays, stays with me even though I'm in a different environment, right? And I think unless you travel and you meet different people, you don't really understand which parts of yourself is true, which parts of yourself is not, right? Right. I'm getting a bit philosophical. I'm like, uh, oh, this, I mean, this is it, how I think, right? It makes sense because, like, yeah. I mean, your body probably gets shocked a little. Not your body, your mental, and everything just gets kind of shocked a little bit because you're so used. I mean, I, you. When did you come to Canada from China? How old were you? Um, seven. I was born right. in China and then came here. I was seven. Yeah. Do you remember like when you moved from China to Canada? Like, did your body like stress up, or were you like really stressed? Like maybe like initially, right when you moved. Or no, yeah, I don't know. I was seven. I was hard to remember, but I definitely right. do remember being from like a huge outsider, right? Because I didn't understand. Right. I didn't know English at all. Um, I almost got expelled from my first elementary school because uh, 
I didn't, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know English. So then, like, how I would try to relate with other kids, like, I would imitate kung fu movies. Oh, that's what I watched. Comments, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then I, I was, I was imitating kung fu movies. Some kids were laughing, and then one kid got scared, and then uh, the te- told on teacher on me, and then I, I was like, I was almost, uh, my parents got called in, my mom called, got called in, and I was almost expelled. So. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Yeah. yeah I feel like for young people, if they come over to like a new country or something like that, like it's a big shock, like it, usually probably in a yeah. negative way, especially if you don't know the language. But I feel like when you're older, well, now you kind of know how, you know, you know that if you like, in, you know, being a guy, if you walk down the street, you're not going to like, you know, get in too much trouble, depending, you know, where you are and everything like that. But like, you can kind of like freely roam and especially like, yeah, if you have been so stuck in a bubble, you know, especially like in North America. Um, it's different, like with people in Europe and Middle East, where you know they may like travel a bit more. But like Americans in North America, like we don't move much. Like if if we're in one city, like it's like a shot. Like for Americans, like a family vacation is going to a different state, you know. And it's like that's like one week in the summer. It's like a big thing. So like we're kind of staying in the same environment all the time. Um, so I feel like then once we get to a new environment, like oh whoa, things are different. It's this way, and your body's just like kind of opening up a little bit i don't know I, that's what yeah. i feel like you know yeah and your brain is like i feel like circuits in your brain start firing that haven't yeah. been firing before because you're trying to your brain is like oh shit, this is a new place i'm trying to orient myself to so you you're intaking a lot more information everything's new and it just makes you more alert and feel feel more alive right and definitely the body part too yeah, yeah especially if you get like stuck in a rut where it's like you do the same thing every day like, you know how to drive home or you know how to get a ride home. Like, you go to this, this, or this, or this. Your brain's not stimulated at all. Like, you're just, you know. But then now it's like, oh, I need to figure out how to get food. And I'm, like, needing to – I don't know the language here. So I need to figure out how to explain to somebody uh, where's the restaurant or, like, you know, I think, yeah, yeah you're getting – Yeah, that's the, that's, that's the pro and con of being, of being like a nomad, right? So, like, I would stay at places maybe, like – a month to two months or three months at a time and every time it's the uh, number one the stimulation right it makes life feel more more lively more chaotic but more fun by the same time it also basically destabilizes all your, your the routines you built right that your life's built upon um where are you where are you gonna get groceries where are you gonna go to the gym where are you gonna get work done right? All these small little things, they kind of add up and you got to build that routine again. And having to do that every like two to three months, it's like, um, it's like, it's hard to build something long-term or like to build like a, if you want to build an empire, you want to build a business, it's probably not the best, I would say. Right. Uh, because that, that's kind of why I'm like staying in Toronto now. I'm like having like a stable place just to get a routine and set a foundation down. So yeah, being a nomad, it's good for self-discovery. It's good for novelty. It's good for creating memories. Right. And I think it's better to do it now when you're like in your twenties than in your thirties or forties. Right. Cause I don't know. Did it help with copywriting at all? Like to maybe be more creative or come up with new ideas, see different experiences, interact it's, with different people? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would say it did help. It came up, um, it helped me come up with more ideas and more references to make, right? right? And more interesting stories to tell because you're not always like referring to the same things. Yeah. Right? You can actually... Um, 
yeah like you can see a, a bunch of the cultural differences between like uh europeans and americans or canadians right that's one thing i saw but in terms of like direct directly affecting copywriting skill i'm not so sure but maybe right. like affecting my outlook on work that's helped because like i don't know europeans are much slower paced than americans and they care about like yeah they care about less about putting overtime and work and they really yeah. value value family time really value having long lunches long dinners <laughs> yeah right? that's so true so the values are completely different and you can see there's like different ways of living life so right yeah, i was in italy yeah. and like i mean it's very hard to find breakfast in italy like a, like a that has actual food because like most of the towns they yeah. just have a cappuccino and they call that their breakfast yeah. um but like i would look at all these people it's like okay they wake up later all right they don't eat anything for breakfast practically they just have a cappuccino yeah. and maybe like a sugary dessert and then like they're they get to work like at 10 or 11 like it's very normal in europe for people to start working like especially on mondays i notice like if it's a monday people may not start work till noon or something like that and then it's like then they take a lunch and when they're taking a lunch it's not like a new yorker eating their sandwich while walking no. it's like yeah. i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna have an espresso or i'm gonna have like a some wine i'm gonna sit here lay back and i'm gonna chill for an hour or so talk with some friends and then get to, to work and then i'm done working at four you know and yeah. it's like yeah for and it's <laughs> the, the craziest what i find interesting from a financial aspect I feel like people in Europe are actually better financially overall. Like if you take like the like mm. average European than Americans. Now I think where things get the stats get tilted is that the like if if you're rich in America, like you can be really rich. Like the, like there's no yeah. limit, right? Like if you own like if you own a business in America, like even if it's like a brick and mortar store, like you, you could be doing really really well. It's people in Europe, you know, you go to Italy or france stuff like that i mean obviously there's people that make a lot of money some of those are big cities but you know they, they might they probably just make enough money to have some income pay for everything they need and they call it good but they're not in big debt you know they they could they travel you know they have money to do things um compared to like the average american that's like you know 50k in debt so which i find interesting but they're like work yeah. hard 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 um <laughs> non-stop so it's interesting. Yeah, it's 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 like such a different narrative in in Europe versus um, America. Like, like part of the fifty k debt is because like school and education doesn't right. cost that much at all in Europe, yeah. Yeah. right? And because I don't I don't know the history of it. I don't know why like education is so expensive in America and why it's like not that expensive in Europe. And also like home ownership is much less expensive in Europe too, right? Right. So, um, I mean, I had a. Pepperdine University, like I, there's 0% chance I would have like decided to go there, which I only went for five days. Um, but there's a 0% chance I would have went there paying the actual full price. It was $68,000 the first year, 69,000 for the next three. So it was like literally going to be 200 and whatever, 40,000, $280,000 essentially. And there was people on the team that were paying all of that 100% on financial aid. Like time, like loans only. So like, okay, by the time you get out, two hundred eighty thousand dollars in debt, plus you're paying five percent interest, and the, you're probably paying that loan for a really long time. But um, I mean, I had like athletic and academic academic scholarships, but Pepperdine is a private school, so I feel like in America, 
because we have so many of these private schools, which like it's kind of insane. <laughs> private schools are associated with like oh being more prestigious or being better, but in reality, it just means they're they're making profit. It's practically a company making profit rather than like the profits going to the state. You know, it's like, oh, you can go to Washington State University where that money, a lot of it is going to the state and the government and all the people running it. Or you can go to um, I can't even think of a private school and you can go to some random private school in Washington, pay the same price. And it's just, you know, a company doing it. So I feel like because of that, there's so many incentives like healthcare too. Um, I know uh, somebody who's like a pretty good up like top end sales guy at Medtronics, they're like one of the biggest uh, resellers of um, uh, like medical equipment, right? So like if you want to get a CT scanner in your brain, they're going to sell you the equipment. He's like one of the top sales guys there. Um, and like, he's like, yeah, our business would be screwed if, uh, you know, if there was universal healthcare, like, cause it's just, it's such a prop. So like America's very like, go, go, go make profit. So I think that's why a lot of things are expensive, but at the same time, it's like, you can make more money in America. It's like, okay, somebody can be a salesperson yeah. making, you know, several six figures a year because healthcare is there. But yeah, the issue is obviously like if you're broke and poor, it's, it's like, I feel like it's way worse to be broke and poor in places like America, Canada, UK than like yeah. Europe. You can, you can be kind of broke and poor in Europe and be like kind of okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how many, when I was like traveling through Europe, I don't know how many people I found are just like, they might be like in their late thirties or forties. Right. But like, they're not, they don't really have a job, but they're just still, they're still like going out, having, having, having drinks at the bar they're chilling during the day. Right. I don't know. I don't know if it's like, I don't know how it works. I don't know where they're getting their money from. Right. Maybe just cause it doesn't cost that much to live and to get social security or something. I have no idea, but they're, they're chill. And like, yeah it's um it seems like americans are under under like a collective spell of like okay i gotta go to college i I have to do i have to go to college and i have to like get get an education and when you get an education you're in debt and the interest rates on that racks up so you have to go to go to work right so you have to go go to work and and you have to use it to pay off the pay off the loan but that takes another 10 years 10 12 20 i don't know how, how long it takes depending on your your loan and that's your life (laughs) right yeah so so you peter a person who writes words to get mostly americans to buy things yeah uh copywriting i guess uh yeah let's talk let's talk about copywriting what have you noticed um Hmm. just like because i'm actually very fascinated by copywriting because it's what i see it really as is you are putting together art through words to get people to take actions, you know, it's like, and mm-hmm. which I think is super, super powerful because um, if you can get into people's emotions and feel like what they want to need and you can push them like motivating through like words, I think that's super, super cool. So, um, I mean, how'd you get into copywriting and like, I guess why, like, what did you find fascinating about it? Um, why'd you keep pursuing it? Like you, like you've worked with some really like successful people you've done some really yeah. amazing stuff on copyright like what yeah tell me everything about this yeah so uh, like i initially said i had there was this online business course that i bought right and i failed at it and as i was working my customer service job at lululemon i was like man why did i fail why why did that not work out 
and it, I, insight came to me actually when I was like doing this um, this ten day vipassana meditation. Being what so is like that? 10, uh, so vipassana meditation is basically ten days of meditation, right? But it's like it's like ten hours of meditation a day, uh, no phones. So ten that's, hours that's, a day. Yeah. So it's like oh my God. spread out, spread out, right? Spread out from of like, of course, or, spread out, yeah. <laughs> it, it, but the, it's like yeah. almost half the day. It's like the whole day yeah. if you sleep a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's like you go in there, there's no phones, uh, no books, no writing. Uh, you make no eye contact, no talking with other people. No eye right? contact. Why no eye contact? Because it's just, it's just for yourself. Right. Okay. Uh, you make eye contact with instructors, but with other people, it's kind of like you're just there on your own journey. Right. So for for 10 days, you're like you're meditating, you're to yourself, you're alone with your thoughts, and you're just trying to get this equanimity, get some clarity. And then yeah, after the 10 days, I don't like something spoke to me like in uh, in intuition. It's kind of just told me, hey, you know, when you were doing that online business thing, you were kind of trying to learn like 10 different skills at once, right? Trying to learn how to like uh, build a website or build a funnel you're trying to learn how to do sales trying to learn marketing you're trying to learn how to run ads you're trying to uh, learn all these different things at once and you're, you don't know none of it right so okay. instead of focusing on everything why don't you just focus on one skill and just get really good at that and during my experience of building that business I realized how important copywriting was and actually, as a kid in elementary school, I enjoyed writing, right? That was one of my favorite subjects, but I never thought I could make money with it because I was like an Asian kid. You have to become like a doctor or engineer or like right. a lawyer or something. So like being a writer never really uh, was never really an option until I learned about copywriting. Okay. And I'm also like a big fan of psychology and wondering, like figuring out how people work or how why people do the things that they do. So when I put it together, I'm like, yeah, I like psychology. I like writing. Let me pursue copywriting and let me, let me get really good at it. So it's sick. Yeah. I started dedicating myself to it and then learned that skill. And then that skill led me to getting a, a job at the agency where we first met. Right. And because I was good at copywriting, I, I was able, then I, I got good at copywriting and then I kind of expanded my skills to other things, right. Where I built like funnels for you. I was like managing, managing some of the ads. I was doing reporting. So yeah, it's like getting deep in one skill and then branching out. How'd you get that job? Like, like what was the yeah. process of like even? Um, some, I knew someone from like on, on Facebook and then they posted like, hey, this uh, person's looking for a position. It's going to be, because at the beginning of my career, I was kind of, I needed some experience to learn, right? Because you could be like writing copy, writing samples all day but you're not actually learning until you put your stuff into the market and actually test it out right so yeah it was like a facebook post just throws a couple of tests and then yeah they, they hired me i feel like in this space the internet marketing world or in general i feel like most people are hired through word of mouth like i feel like yeah, I think that's a huge issue for people, right? Like if someone wants to be an ad agency or if yeah. they want to learn copywriting or if they want to, you know, manage people's Amazon accounts, whatever it may be, <laughs> you're not going to like, there's no like job postings, you know, like there's some bigger companies. That, oh yeah, we'll, we'll apply. But then, but then a lot of that stuff too, it's like, if you're looking for a job, you probably, you're probably good at it, but you can't like, 
you don't know anybody yet. Like actually, for example, I um, uh, I just hired an engineer in my software company. Um, I just like wanted to test it out. I was like, okay. I usually like if I'm on like places trying to hire like online, I'll put a a rate that I feel like is decent enough for an engineer. Like I'm not gonna do like ten bucks an hour, fifteen bucks an hour, just because I know like okay, if someone's charging less than twenty five an hour, like they're probably not gonna engineer. But a guy sent me his like um, portfolio and he's like $5 an hour. I was like, there's no way. And I get this stuff. He said, I was like, it's good. But it's like this kid, he, he, he was 16 years old uh, and he's just really good. But like for him, he's like building up his portfolio and all that stuff. Um, and he's good. It's just like, you know, where are you going to get your job? It's all through connections essentially. Um, Cause mm. it's like, there's no, like, yeah, if you learn copywriting, what, like, <laughs> where are you going to go for a job? You can go try to apply somewhere. Um, but at that point, you're probably not going to get much money. Um, and you know, so yeah, anyway, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but essentially I feel like if you want to, if you want to make money online and if you want to be like a service provider, you have to do everything connections or you have to get, you have to get, you have to get out there essentially. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's how like my career has played out mostly through word of mouth and referrals. Right. So it's like, <clears throat> I was working in the agency. I was working with you and then we got good results. Right. And I shared those results with someone, with someone else. That's how I started, got, got working for uh, Dan Locke for a for a year or two. Um, and then Seafood. from the people, Seafood. Yeah, exactly. Not Mr. Um, Dan Locke, Mr. Seafood. Yeah. Mr. Seafood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and from the connections I made in that job basically got me almost all my clients afterwards. Right. So it's like, get your first client do really good work for them and it kind of just springs from there so yeah because everyone in this little bubble or is that it's not a little bubble it's it's big yeah but we're all like <laughs> we don't talk to anybody in real person like there's so many people that i know in this space that i would say like yeah i'm probably legitimately friends with them but i've never met them you know but it's like yeah. I, I i know that if they need somebody like if they need a graphic designer they need a copywriter like you i will like send your details send somebody's details to them you know but it's just like you know it's it's kind of cool that way it's it, it's it's a lonely war but it's also I feel like we got more connections because we can easily just get access to people on facebook you know twitter all that stuff especially twitter twitter's blowing up recently i feel like mm, people okay. are making a lot of connections there yeah so. i don't have a, i don't have a twitter account i don't know too much about that world yet I literally have no idea yeah. how to use Twitter, but I'm trying. So I, I'm trying, trying to get, okay. I, uh, yeah. try to build I might, I might, I might try it. I might try it too. I think you just say whatever's on your mind. Well, especially for copywriting, it's all, yeah. I mean, it's just words. Yeah. Know. Everything's words. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, like there's probably, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I guess so. Especially with social media, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, you should do that. I feel like yeah, people, would, people would follow yeah. you, you know? Yeah. But I'll link your Twitter account. On the, yeah, on the, on the I'll, yeah. After after I I create it and then it'll be good. If you give like if you post like a copywriting headline for like something every single day, I feel like you get followers. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of good copywriters on uh, on Twitter to get on like, good followers. They just teach you people simple tips on how to write better. Yeah, like here's it. Something I want to do. Here's an email headline for uh, if you're trying to sell supplements, or here is a sales yeah. letter um headline if you were let's say trying to sell info products stuff like that like i feel like people yeah. would because that's what it seems like twitter is a lot of like here's a lot of like small free tips and then i'll follow because of that mm, so yeah. yeah similar to tiktok i guess too 
right? Small tips, let's say video format. But the cool thing about Twitter, it's, you know, I mean, it's not, the issue with TikTok, this is why I'm not, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm, I have some TikToks right now in my software company, but the issue that I have with those platforms, it's come and go. You know, like mm. it, you can blow up on TikTok, but you have to keep, keep posting compared to like YouTube, right? Or SEO, um, or even right. like, I mean, or even like Facebook groups, you're building up a Facebook group, you can notify people, but even still with that, it's like, that stuff isn't really living there. With Twitter, it kind of is in a way, because um, Twitter definitely gives you a lot of boot. Like if you have followers, it makes it a lot easier to have a tweet go viral again. You know, like people can then retweet you and, and like all your stuff and get there. With TikTok, I feel like it's just 100% the algorithm. Like I don't, I, you know, it's just mm. people follow you to follow you. Um, so I feel like for internet marketers, for people that are trying to grow stuff, it's like, because people love going on TikTok because you get a lot of views. Like, I mean, yeah. one of my, um, I, I think like the second TikTok I made got 200 views. And then I made the same exact ones on like YouTube shorts and it got like six views. But on YouTube shorts, it said it all came from search results. So it's like, okay, mm. do I value someone typing in a very specific thing for my audience uh, or for like what I have to sell? into youtube compared to like somebody scroll like 200 people scrolling on tiktok i don't know so th that's why I, that's why i kind of like twitter where it's not it's kind of has the best of both worlds you have like you know your quick stuff they can just post about but then you get a lot of followers then people can retweet you and see your stuff all the time so yeah you know. yeah so you get engaged followers as, as well as like the quantity of followers right so cool. yeah i would do that if i was you be cop copywriter it's the first thing i, I would be on that all day long yeah, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is. Yeah, I should, I, I should explore that. Right. Um, you've thought about creating your own <laughs> offer, right? Like coming up with the thing to sell and everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of um, my partner with someone to, uh, to, to help copy help copywriters get their like first, first get their first five k a month mark. But yeah, it's it's in the works right now. It's like it's not. I'm not exactly sure if I'm gonna go forward with it or not. Right. But yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Right now I'm kind of debating between like, should I try to help copywriters or should I um do publishing for people, which is basically um helping some course creators get more high-ticket clients and then take a percentage of that. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. I'm like that sounds bit... profitable. That sounds like a good situation. <clears throat> yeah, because there's a bunch of course creators who don't know how to do their own marketing. Yeah. Right. So like if if you can become if I can become behind the scenes person for the for the for the course creator or the guru and I take percentage of that, then it's like a win 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 because right. Right. If it if it works, it, I only get paid if it works. The course creator gets more yep. free leads more free, or uh more clients and more people get to know about the course or like smart the program yeah speaking so. of speaking of gurus yeah what yeah. about, what about the, the rise of the fake gurus i told you i wanted to talk about this people um today yeah 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 uh which i don't know which fake gurus you're talking about bro. well the, <laughs> i think this is interesting because as i mean okay for copywriting <laughs> would you say you've mostly has it like i mean copyright is a wide niche right you have people who just sell, like sell financial articles mm -hmm. weight loss stuff obviously info products which like when i hear gurus i'm mostly referring <laughs> to people who sell info products maybe that's because yeah. i've sold info products but 
uh, as a copywriter, what, what have you mostly, I mean, I know you've dealt with a lot of info products people, but has been a lot of physical products as well, or subscriptions or weight loss, like what it's. No, it's mostly info products and coaching programs. Got it. Know. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about fake gurus. Okay. So I actually really like what Coffee Zone and Spencer Cornelia do. Something I found recently. Um, I don't know how I came across this. There's a lot of like copycat uh, Coffeezilla and Spencer Cornelia people that are just doing a really bad job at it. It's just like, they're just like stretching. It's like, okay, that dude's not actually a scam. Or it's like, okay, you're giving some like boring information. But anyhow, I first saw Coffeezilla because of Dan Locke videos. Um, mm-hmm. And I only knew of Dan Locke because of you. So, and I think you have a cool perspective on this because you're a copywriter. Um, you're kind of like the voice of people and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's let's talk about fake gurus. You know what? Um, you know, are they an issue to society? <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. <clears throat> do do copywriters have a? I guess this is also a good thing too. Um, do you think copywriters should be? I don't know. Not necessarily held accountable, right? Because a lot yeah. of like copywriters, it's like they're hired to do this. You know, they're hired to be like, you need to write this and get the best results possible. And like, obviously, some people will break some lines or like, you know, say some things that are not like, you know, legit. But yeah, curious what your thoughts on that. Yeah, my my, my thoughts on figures and my thoughts on like the copywriters. Well, let's talk about the copywriter. That's probably more interesting, right? Like, yeah, is a copywriter, should they be held accountable? Or like, I guess, what should they, I mean... Yeah, it's interesting because, like, obviously, you want to be a copywriter to do your job, but then if your job is to like sell, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's like the, the moral landscape that a bunch of copywriters have to kind of, kind of, uh, think about. Because let's say, yeah, if I'm hired to write a sales page, right? At what point am I responsible for? At what point am I not? Right. So let's say I get the sale. Am I responsible for every customer service interaction after that? Am I responsible for if uh, if the product creator decides to not fulfill, right? If it's a, it's a right. coaching program, right? And that's kind of why I'm like, I vet my clients, make sure they have actual results and they are, they're actually have good intentions to fulfill on the result, right? Which is why I love like working with you. Right, because it's like that your program actually gave results. You actually gave a shit right. about the students. It wasn't just a cash grab. Um, but I can can see like what people in the beginning they kind of have to <clears throat> kind of move their moral lens towards one side for a bit because they're like, well, yeah, this program might be a bit sketch, but you know, I need to pay my bills. Right. Did you ever right. see? Uh, this was crazy. Coffee Zilla made a video on. I forgot his name. Oh, Stephen James. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am- you ever see, you see that? Yeah. The one where he basically pretended he could solve cure Alzheimer's as a doctor or something. That stuff was wild. Yeah. Like it, I mean, that's practically what it was. It's just like, okay, y- you're getting really good at copywriting and you're just literally not zero moral compass <laughs> like whatsoever. It's yeah. <laughs> she seems like, I, I feel like this might be a limiting belief, but at least from my observation, it seems like the people who are making a lot of money on, on the space are just the people who can make the boldest claims and not, not feel guilty about it. Right. It's like, oh, I could cure, I could cure Alzheimer's. Oh, I can help you lose, lose 40 pounds in two weeks. Oh, I can help you make 10 K in like three, in three months. Right. It's right. 
And then, I think that's a limit. I think it's a limiting belief because if you do look at some of the yeah. top people, they're usually given really good results. Like if you look at uh, Sam Ovens, Russell Brunson, yeah, yeah Alex yeah. Ramazzi, um, Gary true, Va- Gary true, Vaynerchuk. What like what like what does Gary Vaynerchuk sell? He's the richest out of all these dudes. Like people don't even, like. Uh, I was looking into Gary Vaynerchuk's like kind of like I was kind of reverse engineering a little bit what he was doing. He makes most of his actually I don't know, I don't know if this is true, but I think he makes most of his money from his personal brand by starting companies and, you know, something that he could easily push to his audience, but it doesn't seem like a push. And then those companies getting bought out. So for example, he had like um, his wine company, you know, he had yeah. a empathy wine. He started that, I think it was like a year later, got bought out by a huge VC because he's smart. You know, like he, he lives in New York. He is probably you know, knows tons of people in the venture capital space. Um, I think he did the same thing with his shoe company. Uh, you know, he had the, I forgot what this shoe company was called. I don't really follow everything he does. Um, starts it, boom, gets bought out. But like, you know, he's making, and like, cause here's the thing, right? Like you're definitely right that there's a lot of people who make really, really bold claims. You think of like Amazon automation that I can, I can, I can think of that. Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously the really weird niches of like, oh, how this pill is going to like cure your whatever. Um, but I think you can easily find counter examples, you know? Um, that's, that's true. That is true. That is true. Yeah. And, and I not. feel like the ones that are doing it ethical yeah. and really good are actually on the top, you know? Yeah, that's true. Long-term wise, those are people that make it to the top. Yeah. The way I said it made it feel like, oh, you have, you have to be like morally scammy to, to succeed, oh, no. which is like not, not, not true at all. Right. But I realized the way I said it made it sound like that. So no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely not true. You, you can be a good human and make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. If you look at like Russell Brunson, like he's probably definitely richer than most of these people in the info product yeah. space and everything that i bought from him is like really great or like everything I, everything like i don't think he's ever sold something that's like scammy um yeah. Yeah. and i feel like a lot of the scammy people they die out you know like they yeah, that's true they have to find something new especially if they're public in the face but yeah if you're like Stephen james selling uh not chicken noodle soup for the soul but selling a i, I got a pill to sell you that's going to cure all your diseases for the soul then yeah that's yeah. i mean Cause yeah, he's using fake names and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. And he was like promoting an Amazon course afterwards too. I think I'm wonder if like his attitude shift, cause those were like from earlier on in his career, right? I don't know. I don't yeah. keep up much. I don't keep up with him now. I'm wondering if that's shifted or not. He seems to have like good content or it seems like he has a good following at least. Right. Right. I feel yeah. like a lot of people don't, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I feel like it'd be very hard to trust anybody who has yeah. done something like bad uh, or like mm-hmm. definitely clearly unethical. Cause like maybe they're not being unethical to the public, but maybe there's something, you know, that you don't know. Right. About. Right. Kind of, yeah. kind of has a question mark in your head. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Back to copywriters. So like, yeah. What would you say to a young copywriter where it's like, okay, you know, they're, they're good, you know, they're working hard and they're trying mm-hmm. to get clients, but the only client they're working with is like, you know, selling something that clearly they are like, Cause yeah, if they speak up or maybe they might have a fear like, Hey, like, you know, uh, maybe if we were not so scammy, we would probably do better. You know, they'll probably get fired if they say that. Right. Like what, what, <laughs> what advice would you give to, to people like that? Uh, probably find a better product or a client to work for. Cause usually you can't, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to change somebody's moral compass. Right. Right. Um, but definitely use Use whatever results you've created for your current client and 
use it as a kind of springboard to go to go to places you want to right or maybe it's they create like, their own you know maybe they're like you know what yeah i, th- I think this thing's scammy let me create one that's <clears throat> not so scammy i'm coming out with a, a free amazon course we got really yeah i yes. i post i post on my instagram story <laughs> yesterday we got uh almost 100 people on the wait list so last time i checked it was like 85 nice. but then i yeah a bunch of people have like 100 people what, what so what of course is gonna be it's gonna be wholesale private label or it's gonna be like whatever so i got this dude who um he got into amazon because he like watched my free stuff um like i had like a i think you remember like the four day like funnel or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah so he just watched that didn't buy any of my stuff and he just like he he's doing like a million bucks a year Damn. which i think is like kind of a, well, he's like netting like he's doing mostly arbitrage and a little bit of wholesale so he has like a unique method where you can do uh, arbitrage and that leads to wholesale and stuff like that but yeah practically not to bore people the, the long story short i feel like creating an amazon <laughs> course that's completely free all right yeah. like and, and just making it literally better than all these other 500 dollars courses and thousand dollar two thousand dollar courses which like I know how to do that because like I got a lot of people into a thousand dollar course. So like, okay, if I can make it better, you know, than that, like substantially, um, I think it would take over, you know, because I there's gonna be always a bunch of different ways to monetize after that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of my plan. Take things by storm. Yeah. Sell like for the, free. Like the Hormozy method, whatever. Like right. All, all of this, yeah, all this free stuff is like really good. Yeah. Right. Yeah better than a bunch of courses that i've seen so yeah exactly so as a copywriter maybe they should just you know they don't want to work with a client they they uh they're like okay this is actually interesting. if someone's working with a copywriter see I, i'm a little shyster this is not good uh if some if someone's like working as a copywriter and they get some clients they can definitely like see if the client's like making money and they could probably just yeah. create a better version make it free and monetize in a different way I feel like that's a good business model yeah i, I guess so if you're, it depends on the, depends on the person you're working for, right? Because I, I was like working with, uh, with a guy called Manny, Manny Koshman, right? So he, oh, does okay, com- yeah. right? he does commercial real estate. I'm not going to make a commercial real estate course because I've right. never done it. Right, right? of course. So, he, so he's, an, he's an actual expert. Yeah, he actually right, knows right. what it is. So it's like not, not everyone is just like selling information that you can, google on, good right? point so there's actual experts out there but it's yeah i missed the point but yeah like if you want to create a course like go for it test it out yeah. go into the yeah go into the go into the waters free is good free is yeah. like smart thing to do yeah there's not enough out there's not enough of it out there so yeah Maybe so you're working so you've worked with that guy Manny Kosh, but i've watched some of his like videos on real estate yeah yeah, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote some of his some of his emails i wrote like a webinar yeah. for him and it was uh yeah it was fun he's that dude's a, got a lot of cars <laughs> he's got, got a lot of cars yeah yeah and he's a really really generous guy too really really cool guy yeah see you can you can be a nice cool guy and generous and still make a bunch of money exactly exactly yeah. his story is Boss. pretty insane too yeah he's uh he's a true rags to riches story it's right it's, it's pretty insane yeah. my favorite story is that he said he sold the hotel to somebody like he, uh-huh. he built, he, he, he bought it, uh, you know, made it better, improved it, sold it person. He sold it to, it went down in value and they didn't do so well with it. So he bought it back up and then it, it, he sold it again. Uh, again and, and, then, it now, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he bought it again and is now like going to sell it again. So I'm like, yeah. but that, that's so true though. Cause like, I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of 
you know, I mean, for real estate, I feel like that's hard though. I feel like for real estate, yeah, like buy, it's, it's just Amazon buy low, sell high, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> but I feel like if you're shelling out 50 million bucks on a hotel, you got your stuff together. Like I could see somebody selling like yeah. a business for like 300 K or 400 K, you know, and like whoever buys it messes it up because they don't know what they're doing, but a, yeah. a hotel, you mess that up like, damn. Yeah, yeah. He's so, been he he's a G, right? He's been doing right. it for like decades and decades. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So what would you say to a young Peter? Let's say like, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And what would you say to yourself now from the information you know? Like a general piece of advice or like more like advice as like a copywriter? Well, let's go financial. What would you say? Financial, find, right? Yeah, it, like Peter like has a thought in his mind. <clears throat> I want to make you, you know you're a doc. You're, you're like trying to be a doctor, engineer. I think you were wanting to do sports science, right? That's what you were doing. Yeah, yeah I was like I was I was a kinesiology major. Right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I would go back and I would tell him because ten years ago I was still I would say I was like still kind of stuck in the matrix. Right. I, I the thought matrix. Like, the matrix, right? They plan to just like get a good job, find a wife, have a kid, and then raise them until they can they can go to college and then repeat the cycle and then you die. Right. That was the okay. That was like the life plan I kind of bought into. Um so if I had to, first of all, I would just go talk to them and let them know what's possible. Right. right. Like it's possible to work online, it's possible to develop uh the lot of skills that people pay you handsomely for. And you don't really have to get a degree and you can enjoy what you, and you don't have to like buy into this narrative. So what I would tell him to do is just, yeah, focus on one skill. I'll tell him about copywriting, dive deep into it, become one of the best at it. And after that, I think the world opens up for you. I feel like if you get good and go deep into any one skill, then I feel like the world kind of op- opens up for you as opposed right. to being like a jack of all trades. And yeah. You gotta, ha- you gotta have the deep work. You got to focus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? right. Especially now, nowadays, like people are like, I feel like being able to just go hard on one skill is way more valuable and it's getting more valuable just because people can't focus, you know? Yeah. So do you have yeah. any like uh, tips or like things that have helped you? Let's say like, just get really good. Like, yeah, I guess like think to yourself as like you were getting good at copywriting, like maybe what did you do to like focus or work hard to like kind of get to the next level? Cause like, you know, you're a significantly better copywriter than like the majority of people out there. So. Yeah. In the beginning, like it's, um, there's a common advice in the copywriting space, but like, I don't think many people follow it. It's um, when I got started every day for an hour, I would just hand copy the best performing sales letters. Right, like like you would take go go through go through history, look at the sales letters that are performing the best, and I will literally just hand copy them, word for word, interesting for for an hour, right? And what you what you get from that is like you subconsciously absorb the the rhythms, the the cadences, the how copy should sound, what and you understand kind of the structure of the copy too like what okay this paragraph's here what what's the point of it is it supposed is is it to draw the person in is it for social proof is it to clarify the promise is it whatever so i was doing that for like 90 days 90 days straight 
Um, that's that was the beginning, but it's like it's boring work and doesn't feel like you're improving at the time. But it's like the one percent improvement every day, and yeah, like you, you actually when I was like uh, starting with you, I would look at some of your videos and I I, I was hand copying out the videos to get a better better uh, sense of how you speak, how you the cadence and how you speak. So then I actually write as your voice. So interesting. These are like yeah, these are like the boring things that doesn't seem like it works but that's why nobody does them but usually the boring things are where you get the advantages so that makes sense though because like you're kind of training your brain like a lot of muscle memory to get in that flow you know and because like yeah i feel like reading copy doesn't do so because like the purpose of writing copies you're getting emotions out of people so like if you're reading it to yourself you're kind of taking in those emotions rather than if you're writing it out you're then now sitting in the seat telling it to somebody rather than receiving it which like yeah the only way to do that would be writing you know i guess yeah it'd be like yeah. uh you're playing basketball and you know just watching it, yeah just getting dunked on you know like that's not gonna make you better <laughs> like uh yeah, rather, dunked on. <laughs> yeah, just imagine that just getting dunked yeah. on over and over and over, and over, and over that's like, you're not getting better yeah yeah that's like reading copy or that's like watching youtube videos instead of making youtube videos or that's like you know yeah you know anything yeah that's a good that's a good perspective yeah because it's it's that that i could see how that's a lot harder to do as well um but definitely a lot more boring compared like oh let me just read a bunch of copy that's gonna help me no it's not gonna get dunked on yeah reading is good for helping you understand things but being like an actual producer it it helps you getting into the game it, it helps you learn so much faster I think I'm going to do that. That's a really good like tip. Like actually just like completely mimicking somebody. I think I'm going to do that with YouTube videos. I'm going to like, I'm not going to film the YouTubers, but I'm going to like yeah. take some like really, really good YouTubers and just literally like take what they're saying, repeat it, things like that, or try to get in the flow. Yeah, or like, uh, or copy the cuts that they sh- or shots they do. Right. See why they, why they do that. Cause um, yeah, like different shots, you different focus and different feelings and stuff. I don't know. I, I've also been uh, thinking about like creating some videos just to have fun with it. All right. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, I should. Be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. My guys' podcast setup. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a good note to leave off of. You know, yeah. maybe we should have said that in the beginning. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> um, all good. All good. So, all right. This is the first episode of I don't even know what to name this podcast yet. So yeah. what's what's the last a bit of advice like it's just you know people like giving advice okay so what mm-hmm. what would be peter's piece of advice to anybody who wants to improve themselves self-improvement financially spiritually whatever that's just you know love to give yeah um stay stay true to yourself know who you are and remember who you are and make that your guiding principle and don't don't bend don't don't bend over anything for it don't sack don't step over your values to pick up dollars so right yeah that, that's what i would say you'll feel much happier for it good that's probably hard yeah. for some people too especially when you got friends involved or family or loved ones and yeah. that's like you know people always picking at you and everything especially like in the entrepreneur space like mm-hmm. i had a i had a student of mine he uh <laughs> he, he said that his mom practically like made him go through an intervention, like an entrepreneur inter- intervention. Like he, he, he likes, she sat him down and said, you need to stop this whole 
internet stuff and everything you need to you know but i feel like that also drives people away but anyhow so that but that's a good point don't bet because if you bet you're gonna break yeah and the only reason only way you're not gonna bend is if you know what's true to you it's a fact yeah yeah all right well (laughs) everyone if you want to follow peter i'll put some links down below hopefully he gets a twitter if not I'll, i'll link whatever you got down below so hopefully people can watch you if you want inspired to be a copywriter he's definitely your man but um Sweet. that's uh, episode number one. Oh yeah